But I decided to leave America a day earlier so that I could stay in London for a day, meet you all. So I don't know how you all are feeling, but I'm feeling very happy. <laughs> So, yeah, this is what Srila Prabhupada gave us, a family. Family where we all are related to each other. And what's the Vaishnava relationship like? The Vaishnava relationships are Ishware, Tad Adhineshu, Balisheshu, Bhisatsucha, Prema Maitri Kripa Upekha Ja Karuti Samadhyama. And there are three types of devotees. Kanishtadhikari, Matamadhikari, Uttamadhikari. So Kanishtadhikaris are just neophyte. They are not quite devotees. And Uttamadhikaris are in perfect spiritual platform. They are in, in total absorption of Krishna. So apart from Krishna, they don't have any awareness. They have awareness of others, but they see everyone else as Krishna's devotees. Therefore, they cannot really develop a relationship with them as such. But the real relationships, Vaishnava relationships develop in the Second class platform, Madhumadhika platform. And in Madhumadhika platform, a devotee, he sees Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And for Krishna, he has Prem, love. Actually, love is exclusively meant for Krishna. And for Krishna's devotees, he has maitri, friendship. For the innocent, for the, you can say, those who are not so Krishna, those who are not yet Krishna conscious, for them he has kripa, mercy. And those who are offensive to Krishna, he has neglect. So these are the Vaishnava relationships. For Krishna, a devotee has love. For Krishna's devotees, he has friendship. For innocent, he has compassion. And for those who are offensive, disregard. It is actually Krishna's love for Krishna is reflected on different individuals in this world. It is the love for Krishna that is reflected in the devotees in the form of friendship. It's the love for Krishna that is reflected onto the innocent, or you can say those who are not quite Krishna conscious as yet, for them he has mercy, kripa, compassion. And those who are offensive to Krishna, that love for Krishna, because if you love somebody, and if somebody hits him, but how do you feel about him? I have nothing to do with you. So this is actually, it is love for Krishna that is reflected 
on different individuals in different ways. So <clears throat> here we are, like Srila uh, Prabhupada created an association of devotees, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Krishna Consciousness means those who are, those who want Krishna Consciousness, they can find it here. Those who have Krishna Consciousness, they can cultivate it here. Hmm? And preserve this Krishna Consciousness through the association that is provided here. Hmm? So they, one can get it, uh, cultivate it and preserve it. Uh, that's why ISKCON is so important. Stay in ISKCON, your spiritual life will be intact. Uh, you will get more and more information uh, about Krishna. I've been studying Srila Prabhupada's books for the last uh, about 39 years. And each time I read, I feel there is something new to me. Uh, even after 39, 40 years of cultivation or reading it, it doesn't really come to a point when you think that, well, you understood everything. No. There is always so much information. And ultimately what happens? These information that dawned in the heart. They don't come from outside. The outside thing is the catalyst that brings it out from inside. And that is what realization is. Krishna Consciousness is a matter of realization. Dibbogyan, Ride Prakashita. The transcendental knowledge is revealed in the heart. Revealed. So anyway, uh, that is where, why we all are here. So I was, I just came from America. I was, I was there to attend uh, a program. 50th, the, it was actually the kickoff. Of, I don't know whether I can use this expression. <laughs> the, the introduction to the 50th anniversary of this song, which will be celebrated next year. But they started the program now only. And they kind of, they wanted me to be, they want, so much wanted me to be there, and I decided, okay, I'll go. And that's why actually I thought that I'll spend Janmashtami here and then I'll go there. And Janmashtami was an amazing experience. As usual, like, I mean, you all experience it every year. I get to experience it once in a while. And each time I come and experience it, I get completely blown. I don't know, again, I can use that expression. Some English <laughs> If you graphically look at it or think of it, even, it just, you, can, you feel that, well, that's not the right expression. Rather, more right expression would be, I was completely overwhelmed. Like, and it was a wonderful eye-opener also. I have always seen how wonderfully congregation devotees are involved in the this time was you know, a very wonderful realization was <clears throat> to see how the Pandavasenas, how the youth of Iskhan are actually advancing. Whatever little I saw of their presentation was very impressive. That shows that these young boys and girls are 
are really going deep into Krishna consciousness, they are understanding the philosophy and they are really realizing its effect. And as I said, like it's a wonderful experience to be here. And when I was in, <clears throat> actually day before yesterday was the inauguration, which I did in the evening. And I spoke on Srila Prabhupada and then I led a kirtan. And uh, quite a few devotees came from all over. And then yesterday I did two programs and one was in the morning, uh, three of us, Rampar Maharaj, Vaisheshika Prabhu and myself, three of us gave the morning presentation. It was a kind of a, anyway, three of us jointly we gave the program. And then in the afternoon, no, I'm sorry, late morning from 10.30, uh, I had another program with Gunagrahi Maharaj, two of us spoke. And that went on till 12 o'clock. And right after that I went, took my lunch, and I left for the airport to come to London. <laughs> So that way I fulfilled my program. They had my program only for those first two days. And one very nice uh, awareness came from the, uh, the morning session. I wanted to share it with you. Robert Maharaj was speaking about Sri uh, Prabhupada's first lecture in America. And he was not there at that time, but he was narrating this incident from Satsuruk Maharaj's <coughs> description. And you know what was Prabhupada's opening sentence? Uh, remind you, Prabhupada given the first lecture to the public of America, to the people of America. Iskon, I mean, Krishna consciousness is totally unheard of. Prabhupada just got the 26-second avenue and a few young boys and girls as his followers, initial followers. They arranged a program for <coughs> Prabhupada to speak. Prabhupada starts off, I haven't come here to teach you anything new. I haven't come here to teach you anything new. I have come here to remind you about something that you forgot. <laughs> I mean, isn't it a brilliant? I mean, doesn't it sum up Srila uh, Prabhupada's you know, mission? It is not that something that we are coming to, to teach you. Krishna consciousness is not kind of, you know, like that's something that is unknown and we are teaching like, but we have forgotten about it. It's there. All it needs is a reminder. We have our relationship with Krishna. Like a child has a relationship with the mother. The child may not be aware of that, but the mother knows. And the relationship is there. Whether the child accepts it or not, whether the child is aware of it or not, it doesn't matter. The relationship is there. But when the child becomes aware of it, then uh, the loving relationship between the mother and the child. Uh, 
Similarly with Krishna, we have the relationship. Krishna is there. He is loving us. He is taking care of us. But we are unaware of it. The relationship is there, but we forgot Krishna. So Prabhupada came here to just to remind us about that. And that's what Krishna consciousness is. And that's why we see that whenever it's presented, people accept it with such eagerness, such enthusiasm. And that is what Krishna consciousness is. And how does, how does that reminding take place? How does that awareness happen? It happens through some simple process. That process Srila Prabhupada gave. The first consideration is chant. Chant and be happy. Is it a cliche? Is it just a proverb that Prabhupada spoke? No. no, it's a reality. Chant and be happy. Chant with that proper awareness. What does it mean when you chant? What, what do you become aware of? I don't need anything else. I have the holy name. That's all. I don't need anything else. So the craving for something automatically disappeared. People want to be happy by getting things, desiring things. Like that's also another consideration. Happiness, what's the definition of happiness? I mean, there are many definitions. One of the ways to understand happiness is fulfillment of desire. We desire, when the desire is fulfilled, we are happy. But when you don't have any desire, when you, feel, when you realize you have everything, there's nothing more to get, then what happens? automatically become happy and chanting actually reminds you about your relationship with Krishna. It reminds you that all you need is Krishna. And Krishna is everything that you need. So, <clears throat> so that is the first consideration. Chant the holy name. Srila Prabhupada did not kind of concoct this process. Prabhupada actually repeated what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave. Representing Srila Prabhupada, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Prabhupada just gave this process. Chant. So the first consideration is chant. But how to chant? Offenselessly. Don't chant offensively. That's why during the initiation we take a vow. We are not going to commit these ten offenses. That is called pure chanting. Chanting with offenses is impure chanting. So don't chant yeah? offensively. Get rid of these offenses. And chant attentively. One of the most important instructions yeah, that is also, although not included in ten offenses, but it is there. Yeah? What is? What do you say after ten offenses? It's also an offense to be inattentive while chanting. That's because it's taken for granted. Uh, taken for granted that, you know, when you're chanting, be serious. Chant attentively. And what is attentive chanting? Uh, attentive chanting is hearing while chanting. It's a sound vibration. 
How do you receive sound vibration? Do you receive sound vibration with your hands? Catch it? <laughs> do you receive the sound vibration by any other means but hearing? Therefore, hearing is very, very important. Yeah. So Prabhupada said that, you know, hear and chant. Shravanam, So that is the first consideration. Offense less chanting and hearing attentively. Sometimes you know, Prabhupada, somebody asks, but Prabhupada, the mind, before he, just as he said, mind, Prabhupada said, what is mind? He interrupted him. What is mind? There's no mind. Just hear. Meaning, your mind should be only in your ears, nowhere else. Mind should be only in here. And uh, although the standard is 64 rounds, <laughs> but Prabhupada, seeing our uh, condition, mercifully reduced it to 16. Uh, Mahaprabhu's standard is 64 rounds, but Prabhupada brought it down to 16 rounds. Actually, during, I don't know whether you all were here at that time, uh, during Prabhupada's Vast Puja here, I was noticed, I, I heard uh, one devotee, one godbrother of ours, was admitting honestly that he didn't chant for so many years. It's honest admission, that's fine. But it should be. We should remember that we took a vow. Taking a vow and breaking that vow is very, very serious. So when you have taken a vow to chant 16 rounds every day, Please make it a point to chant 16 rounds every day. Don't neglect your chanting. Always remember that the chanting is the most important thing. Your entire spiritual life is depending on chanting. By not by any other means you are going to go back to God. In this age especially. Uh, meditation is not the way the Ashtanga Yoga. Meditation, chanting is meditation. Actually, chanting should be meditative chanting. Hearing means meditation. Mantra, mind should be completely absorbed in the mantra. That's a real meditation. But I'm talking about the Dhyana Yoga, Ashtanga Yoga, which is the process for Satya Yoga, is not applicable in this age. Fire sacrifice, which is the process for Treta Yuga, is also not the process for this age. Deity worship, which is the process for the age of Dropa Yuga, is not the process for this age. And the process for this age is Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, so in the age of Kali, besides chanting the holy name of the Lord, there is no other way, there is no other way, there is no other way. So please make it a point to chant very nicely. 
and change your sitting rounds. I know it's difficult for you. When you're working, your time is short, time, you know, but what to do? Find the time. Adjust it in such a way that you find the time. Mm. Like, uh, you make your schedule in that way. I'm not saying that during your office hours you should chant. That's also not desirable. When somebody is employing you, he's expecting your full attention in your job. Sometimes I get to hear from the devotees that, there you go. Yeah, I told you. Don't bite your nails. So, sometimes some people who employ devotees, uh, they told me that actually it's uh, problematic to employ devotees. Because, uh, because they're devotees, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you have to tolerate them chanting you in the office hours. During office hours, he's going on, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> on some occasions, the Vaishnava festival, they want to leave, holiday. <laughs> and things like that. I mean, so you see, one thing always remember, the devotees are the best people in this world. Best people means they do everything in the perfect way. When you are doing something, do it in the best possible. Did you get a lesson when you were young? At the time of your study, you study. At the time of your play, you play. So play well when you're playing and study well when you're studying, when you're supposed to study. Don't study at the time of play and don't play at the time of study. <laughs> so similarly, practice your Krishna consciousness at a scheduled time. You design your thing in such a way that you are able to do that. That I live up to you. Sometimes, of course, I can see that the young mothers, they have difficulty with their children, especially after the childbirth and all. These special occasions, we can understand. They can consider, okay, I tell them, okay, uh, chant the Holy Name without counting to your child. When you're uh, taking care of the child, say, Hare Krishna, <laughs> that is called countless chanting, without counting, that's even better. But make it a point to do it 24 hours a day. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and uh, follow the four regulative principles, like, uh, but at the same time I will say that, uh, that don't make it too kind of too rigid. Make it joyful. Krishna consciousness should be executed happily. Like uh, follow the four regulative principles. No meaty thing, no non-vegetarian food. But sometimes I see people, those who are working outside, they say, Maharaj, whatever I do, 
I have to eat outside. I tell them, okay, eat outside. But make it a point that it's vegetarian. If you can't really be, you know, like it happens, like devotees staying, you know, they're, I mean, employed in their service. They have to go to some place, staying in a hotel. You know, like, should they starve? Like one devotee was going to Mongolia. I said, Guru Maharaj, what should I do? I said, eat whatever is vegetarian. If you can't you know, maintain such purity, purity, it doesn't matter. Once Prabhupada told me that by maintaining the purity of food, one cannot. You know, Prabhupada said, it is not possible to maintain the purity of food in this age. Therefore, Krishna gave the holy name. Prabhupada, what, I didn't ask Prabhupada, but what I understood from that, that just by maintaining the strict standard of food, you're not going to make your spiritual perfection. Your spiritual perfection will come from chanting the holy name. So, <clears throat> my point is, like, make things, don't make things too difficult. Rather, execute it happily. What's the point in making it too rigid, too difficult, and you do it for six months and then you say, okay, I can't do it. Let me just leave this one. Don't make it happen like that. If it is difficult, okay, make the adjustment, carry on. So, well, these four regulative principles, my point will be just yes, maintain the standard. Try not to make it too rigid, too difficult. Uh, because why, another thing that I am saying is that <clears throat> it is not that, you know, we will achieve perfection straight away. But you know, the point is, let us achieve perfection in due course of time. Let us keep on moving towards the positive direction. Like, uh, if I can't achieve perfection right now, let's keep endeavoring so that in course of time, gradually I can achieve perfection. So, uh, that will be my uh, second consideration. That execute Krishna consciousness happily. And the third consideration is read Prabhupada's books regularly. Vaisheshika Prabhu, I don't know whether you know him, he is a wonderful devotee. Like he's so committed to book distribution. He used to be one of the biggest book distributors in the world. And he's so committed to book distribution that even when he was working, he used to go out distributing books. That also reminds me of another devotee here, Sarada Devidasi, Soho Street. She's working and she goes out distributing books. So that shows that it is possible, like if you're committed, and uh, so that is, Vaisheshika uh, Prabhu was still, and he is very, 
he was outside, meaning doing, uh, he was, had a family, he, was, he had a job, and so he was not in the mainstream of ISKCON for many years. But he maintained his Krishna consciousness. I, was in, I used to be in touch with him and I saw that he has such a wonderful standard of Krishna consciousness. And one point he actually made that in order to read all of Prabhupada's books, if you make a plan to read all of Srila Prabhupada's books in five years' time, you have to read five pages every day. If you want to read, if you want to read Srimad Bhagavatam in one year's time, you have to read 41 pages a day. <laughs> so this is how you can plan. Uh, that I want to complete, I want to read Prabhupada's books, in all of Srila Prabhupada's books. Or we can make a plan. I will read Bhagavad Gita in three months' time. Then you take, divide the pages by 90. And you'll get what will be a daily quota. And make it a point to read that many pages every day. I thought that was a very nice way to, do, to conduct our reading. We must systematize everything. Like, if we don't, then we won't be able to, we won't be able to bring the discipline. He also, Vaisheshika Prabhu also made a nice point about telephone ringing. <laughs> <laughs> he said that in the classes or in the lectures, I don't tell people to switch off their phones. I tell them to switch on their phones. And whenever the phone rings, he like to buy a Bhagavatam set. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's also brilliant. <laughs> so whose phone rang? <laughs> Do you have Bhagavatam set at home? Uh, then, then you can buy one and give it to me. <laughs> anyway, I won't penalize you because I didn't tell you the condition. <laughs> but from now on, at least in my class, <laughs> remind everybody who have never one comes to you know, this program. So, <clears throat> so anyway, take your spiritual life very seriously. Mm. And you know, you again, I'll t remind you, I mean, I'm not expecting perfection right now. But please strive for the perfection. Mm. So, uh, this is how you Make you mold your life according to Srila Prabhupada's teachings. Okay, does anybody have any question? Yes? Uh, Mongolia is a uh, strange country. How many have we, have we been in Mongolia? Because I wouldn't expect any devotees in a place. Right, that's why, you see, he was going on business. Oh. He's, he's a businessman. He was going to Mongolia on business. And I that's why, that because you can't buy anything apart from meat, so it's very difficult for everywhere you get salad, <laughs> everywhere you get bread, Every, and you can carry some cheese and some jam and butter. Right? 
So that's what I was actually pointing out. Huh? Yeah, if it's not, you know, like, I do as much as possible. Huh? Like in the hotels, you know, you can tell them huh? that uh, to make special preparations for you. Yeah, any big hotel will do that. <clears throat> Okay, whose question is this? Radha Shakti Mataji. Okay. Radha Shakti Mataji, where is she? She's hiding. Hiding behind the door. <laughs> no, the room was too full for her to enter. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Bhagavad Gita, uh, chapter 1, text 31, purport says, it said that two kinds of men, namely the Kshatriya, who dies directly in front of the battlefield under Krishna's personal orders, and the person in the renounced order of life, who is absolutely devoted to spiritual, uh, spiritual culture, are eligible to enter into the sun globe, which is so powerful and dazzling. Why they not go back to home? Why sun globe? Because they did not come across Srila Prabhupada's teachings. <laughs> Bhagavad Gita, you see, this part of Bhagavad Gita is speaking about the karma conversation, the general understanding, which means a warrior, a kshatriya, who did not become Krishna conscious but dies in a battlefield because of that, because he is performing his dharma of a kshatriya and giving his life, he'll be elevated to sun glory. Similarly, a sannasi who is not really Krishna conscious, but performing his dharma as, as a sannasi properly, uh, at the end of his life, he'll go to sun glory. But those who are, uh, like, uh, those who are Krishna conscious, where they will go? Madhbhakta janti, my devotees come to me. Janti Devat Brata Devan, Pitrin Janti Pitrin Brata, Bhutai Janti Bhutecha, Janti Madhbhakta Mahmopi. Madhjaji Nopi. My devotees come to me. So to go to Krishna Loka, you have to become a devotee. So that's the benefit of Krishna consciousness. That's the benefit of reading Prabhupada's books. So where do you want to go? Huh? How many of you want to go to Sun Globe, Surya Loka, Sun Planet? How many of you want to go to Moon Planet? How many of you want to go to Sarga Loka, Heavenly Planet? No one. <laughs> How many of you want to go to Krishna Loka? Very so, in order to go to Krishna Loka, what do you have to do? Fight like a Kshatriya and die in the battlefield? <laughs> huh? Yes, if you fight for Krishna and die. But in mind you, in the age of Kali, Krishna is not promoting fighting. Mm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not promoting fighting. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is promoting Harinam. So, chant the holy name. And if you, ch if you leave your body chanting the holy name, you'll go back to the body. 
But in order to remember Krishna at the time of death, you have to become Krishna conscious when you are alive. It is not that we, when you are alive, we do all kinds of other things and expect that at the time of death I will remember Krishna. It will work. In order to remember Krishna at the time of death, you have to become aware of Krishna when you are alive. Right? That's why we have to practice Krishna Consciousness. Oh. <clears throat> During festival times at Manor, what should be given a priority? Chanting our 16 rounds and uh, pro providing devotional service. Chant as well as provide devotional <laughs> As I mentioned, the chanting should not be compromised at all. Right? Chanting, huh? see you are taking a vow at the time of initiation. That. Do you remember? How many of you are initiated here? How many of you remember your vows? Let's see properly. Okay. So everyone remembers. So what should you do? Forget the vow? <laughs> Conveniently? No. no. So vow means a vow. Make it a point to chant your 16 rounds. If at all you can't complete your rounds someday, then cover it up the next day. But try not to get into that habit either. Okay. And if some, when you are sick or when you are too old and things, then if you can't, then there's a different thing. But we can see Haridas Thakur, even when he was, just before he was, I mean, he was so sick, so weak, still he was chanting. Mahaprabhu was telling him. And he was chanting, uh, 3 lakhs name of the Lord. That means 64 multiplied by 328 rounds a week. No, no, 100. Uh, uh, 64 multiplied by 2 is 128. Plus 64, 3, 92 rounds. 192 rounds. Uh, even when you are sick. So we should at least try to manage 16. <laughs> <laughs> and you, as I said, if you can't, if you're too old, if you're too sick, and you know, then, the, but still try to chant as many. Main point is try to chant the holy name all the time. <coughs> so you all remember? Huh? Is the reminder, is the reminder, did the reminder sink into your heart? Sure? Okay. So make it a point too. Uh, I have, I'll take this question and then I'll take question. <clears throat> Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisance that you will understand. And uh, Sri Guru and Gauranga, where is all glories to Srila Prabhupada? <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss that. That's a must. Whenever you write, eh? all glories to Shri Prabhupada must be there. Mm. Mm. 
would you please explain as Kaliyuga is only passed approximately 5,600 years and golden age will last up to 10,000 years and Kalki Dev is coming at the end of Kaliyuga. So what will happen in between? <laughs> For how many years you are going to be here? <laughs> 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 anyway, since uh, you asked the question, a theoretical consideration is, yes, Kali Yuga will last for 432,000 years. Out of that, only 5,000 years elapsed. So we left with 427,000 years. And it is said that in between, in, in this Kali Yuga, for 10,000 years, due to Krishna consciousness movement, Satya Yuga will be established. And then we have to understand that gradually there will decline. Gradually. From Satya Yuga, it won't just drop to Kali Yuga again. It will come gradually. And towards the end, the condition will become so terrible. You can't even imagine how terrible it can be. And it's happening. This time, the degradation is very rapid. Very quickly, things are degenerating, degrading. So it's happening in this age already. And as a result of that, what will happen? Like there won't be any food. Uh, like when Kali Yuga comes to its full maturity, at towards the end, the cows won't give milk. Fruits will not have any flesh or any pulp. Like there will be just a stone and the skin. And the paddy will become like grass. So what will be the food? And people uh, will resort to only meat eating. See, this is the result of meat eating. Uh, Mother Nature will say, then why do you need food? You, If you are so fond of it, eat meat. Why should I provide you all these things unnecessarily? But when the Mother Nature withdraws a gift, it's going to be a very, very terrible situation. And <clears throat> the government will become so unscrupulous, they will be extracting tax from the citizens in such a way that people will run away from the cities and villages. They'll hide in the forest just to be away from these uh, so-called kings. The expression in Bhagavatam has been used as kings, Rajanya. Who will become the Rajanya kings? Dashus. How many of you know the meaning of the word Dashu? According to the Vedas, there's the Aryans and no, the No, no, I just answer my question. Malachas, yeah. I am asking Dashu. Dashu means the bandit. Dakoit. Dakoits will become the kings. Isn't it happening already? The people, those who are coming to political power, they all are gundas. At least in India. Not that all, but many of them are. 
And what they're doing? They're coming to power? What do they do? Do they benefit the people? Do they benefit the country? They simply try to get their own profit. They think I've come here for five years. It's a big business actually. Become a minister for five years and loot as much as you can. And to, get, to win the election again, you do anything that is needed to get the vote. And that's what is happening in India. The Congress was doing that and there are other parties also following. They're wooing the Muslims. They're bribing the Muslims. For a Muslim to go to Hajj, the government makes it free. If any Muslim wants to go to Hajj, government sponsors. Why? Simply to get their vote. But the question is whether they'll vote or not, that's not guaranteed. <laughs> like, the vote is a secret ballot. Anyway, I mean, so you can see how unscrupulous these political leaders are. And this is already happening. The, the, mind you, this is the beginning of the age of Kali. But fortunately, due to Krishna consciousness, the condition will improve and things will become certain you will be established. It will happen. But then the decline will be gradual. From Satyuga, gradually, gradually, it will come to the end of Kali, and then who knows what will happen. But then Kalki will come and slaughter all the demonic individuals. Yes, what's your question? Apologies for my ignorance, bro. No, that's not. But uh, it's 16 rounds. Um, is it specified in Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita or any of the. It doesn't matter. Prabhupada said it. Bhagavatam says 24 rounds. Can you do it? Therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says 64 rounds. Right? Simplified it. Prabhupada simplified it even further. So, because Prabhupada made the standard, we take uh, that is. My kind of uh, concern or worry is like in today's modern uh, lifestyle, when we are struggling for time, is quantity important or quality important? You know, right? Both are important. Yeah, both are important, but when we are struggling for time. You know? So chant 16 quality rounds. <laughs> 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 so when it comes to that, you know, we can't make any compromise. Uh, if somebody said, well, I mean, it happens, so new devotees say that, you know, I can't chant 16 rounds, but, you know, I try to chant at least quality for rounds and so forth. Until they've initiated, that is understandable, that is okay. But when one is initiated, then that is the standard. Mm. Thank you, Prabhu. Okay. So how many rounds are you chanting? Not regular. Not regular. So, will you do it? Well, as I said, I mean, my biggest kind of uh, personal issue is finding problem. Uh, finding time, actually. So, as you say, I mean, you need to plan and yeah. put into practice. You see, again, huh? like, anyway, I can, all, I appreciate your point, but at the same time, you know, I'll just make uh, this, make a point that, 
you know, time is not a real consideration. The time, the real consideration is how seriously you are acting. <coughs> Did you ever come to a situation you didn't have enough time to sleep? Huh? But did you cover it? Um, like, so, I mean, does it happen that day after day after day you go without sleeping? Not without sleep, but not adequate sleep. Every day? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Do you get enough time to eat? Yeah. Why? Because it's important. Eating is important, that's where you find time, no matter what. Sleeping is important, therefore we time for no time for it, no matter what. So now if you recognize the fact that chanting is even more important than eating and sleeping, then you will make the time. How you'll make it, you'll find it yourself. You know why I'm saying it is because eating and sleeping is the need of the body. But chanting is the need of the soul. So when you're in the bodily platform, you see the need for eating and sleeping. But in order to come to the spiritual platform, you have to recognize the importance of chanting. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate this social system has become so critical that you know there is not enough time for chanting. There is no time for proper spiritual activities. There is no proper condition for spiritual activity. But what to do? We have to make the best out of the bad bargain. You had a question? Yeah. Hare Krishna Maharaj. With the reference to perfection, it was, it was said that when Srila Prabhupada wrote the, the English version of Gita, he wrote it from the point of view of, of, of Lord Krishna, the way he meant to say it and from the point of view of Arjuna, the way he meant to understand it. Could you just describe the state that he was in at the time that he was writing during this translation? Srila Prabhupada was always in pure Krishna consciousness. He was always in pure Krishna consciousness. That's why he could present such a purpose. Just consider, you know, like uh, 30 volumes of Srimad Bhagavatam, and another 30 volumes of other books. How could one write that? In spite of such heavy and hectic schedule, traveling around the world, you know, meeting people, guiding disciples, you know, like, how is it possible? And look at Prabhupada's writing, you know, so perfect. Like, if at all there is some mistake in Prabhupada's books, those mistakes are for transcribers' inability to understand what Prabhupada is saying. So that shows that, you know, that Prabhupada is here to work with. Like, whatever he did was from the pure devotional spirit. So it's already 7.15, so let's, let's uh, conclude our meeting here.
So everyone become very good devotees. And I look forward to seeing you all. I hate to come to England. I would say hate to come. I, I don't like to come to England in winter. And I love to come to England in summer. So I look forward to seeing you all. So now in between, what do we do? A very simple solution. You all can come to India. <laughs> so, if possible, come to India or we'll meet somewhere. I'll otherwise, I'll, I'll be, oh yeah, I'll be coming back, at least tentatively, in mid, no, I'm sorry, end, towards the end September, fourth week of September. So because Kumbh Mela this year, next year is going to be in Ujjain. And it's from 21st, 22nd April to 21st May. So during that time I'll be in India. And right after that I'll come over. And most probably we'll have our next retreat. How many of you liked the retreat last time? How many of you want to have a similar kind of uh, opportunity? Okay. So how many of you would like to have it in the same place in Croatia? Huh? Okay, yeah. And we are actually planning to have it in Croatia. Because so many devotees, uh, surprisingly not many hands went up about Croatia. Uh, but uh, many devotees liked it. For there are very few advantages about Croatia. The first advantage is that the place is beautiful. How many of you like the place in question? The location. It's an island, beautiful, people are nice. And also that's the only, I think there's the only vegetarian restaurant, vegetarian hotel in Europe. Pure vegetarian. And they're very friendly, they're very accommodating. So that is one advantage we have. Also, it being in Croatia, it is reasonably economic. We are thinking of Switzerland, but it was becoming very, very expensive. So Switzerland is beautiful. But the thing is, when you go for a retreat, you don't really go for an excursion as such. You don't go for fun. I mean, that kind of fun, being in that way. You know. Like, you're more, and this is beautiful, like ocean, island, and another advantage is that the flight there, if we book in advance, will be relatively cheap. Okay, uh, uh, Kamlesh Krishna and Gaurhari already contacted the airlines. If we book in advance, then the fare to Croatia will be 180 pounds round trip. Do you think it's a good deal? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Last time, how much did you all pay? Any idea? Do you, who remembers? 120 pounds. Round trip? Yeah. Airfare was how much? That's 
Okay, this year also it will be 450. But those who book late, how much they to pay? Anyway, it doesn't matter. So they'll keep it also the same. We had a short meeting today, and that's why I thought that I'll just let you all know. And, and yes? When are we thinking about the retreat? What, what time? Yeah, it is, it, I think it will be end May. Towards the end May, when there is a school holiday. <coughs> so, those who want to book in advance, just do it. Give your names. And Thank you all very much. All glories to Shri Prabhupada. We are free now, hurry both for what the teacher is going to Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.